For years in the United States, every generation was supposed to do better economically than the previous one. At least, that was the idea. Now, things are different. A new generation is facing challenges that others never had. The Generation Z. The COVID-19 pandemic has changed the world's economy, and the U.S., the strongest economy in the world, is in the middle of a recession, with almost a 7% unemployment rate. And that number is even worse for the generation just getting started on the job market. Gen Z's unemployment rate tripled between 2019 and 2020. I'm Malika Bilal, and this is The Take. The American dream. Some might define it as finding the perfect job, getting married, buying a house, a car, sending kids to college, retiring with funds to live a comfortable life. But Generation Z's possibility of accomplishing that is not looking so great. Gen Z's are between 8 and 23 years old, so they could be in elementary school or graduating from college and trying to get their first jobs. And the challenges they face in this year of pandemic and economic turmoil go from not socializing with their classmates because they're doing school via Zoom to not being able to start their careers. But they're also resilient, and they may be uniquely well-equipped to adapt. So today, I'm talking to Kaylin Ford, business editor for AlJazeera.com, about the consequences this pandemic will have on Generation Z. Are there unique ways that Gen Z has been affected in this pandemic economy in the U.S.? So Gen Z was on track to inherit a really strong economy um, before this pandemic hit. And so I think that's what makes it particularly challenging for them now. People in Generation Z, older members of that cohort especially, were getting ready to start their careers, to graduate from college or maybe get a first job. And all of a sudden, we're experiencing this record level of unemployment We know that only about half of the 22 million jobs that were lost during the pandemic in the early months of the pandemic have come back. And so the recovery seems to be shifting into low gear. And when you're still out there looking for your first job or to get your foot in the door, all of a sudden, a lot of those doors are closed. And so we're seeing people from Generation Z really coming into this very tough economy and facing some really unique challenges around it. What can one expect and how different could their future be if they graduate from high school or college into a recession? What does that look like? So it's a really interesting dynamic. And I myself am a millennial. So I graduated from college the year after the 2008 financial crisis really hit. What ends up happening is that people who graduate during weaker economies, recessions, end up earning less in that first job. And Sometimes their wages really never recover from that. So you're on a trajectory now where you're earning less than someone who graduated in a strong market. And even the next job, when the economy picks up, you might still be paid less. And actually, research shows that the oldest millennials never fully recovered from the last recession, both in their income and the housing market. Millennials lost an estimated 13% of their earnings from job cuts and reduced wages during the recession, and they've never gotten them back. So when it comes to Generation Z, you know, it's reasonable to expect that something similar could happen there. Unlike previous recessions or previous depressions, there's a public health element to this as well. And so we don't really know what the road back looks like. 
as you mentioned, you're a millennial. I'm also a millennial. And every generation seems to think that they have it the worst. And so, yes, we graduated right into a recession. So many of us millennials graduated into a recession. And now Gen Z members are going through very similar things. But are there specific differences? And are there things that Gen Z can learn from the millennials' experience? Or do you think this pandemic has upended everything we knew? Of course, as a millennial, I would love to think there's something to learn from you and I, Malika. (laughs) We'd love to be that kind of elder stateswoman for this generation. Right. (laughs) The generation uh, before this one, millennials, you know, we graduated into a recession that was a true economic recession. What we're seeing now, as I said before, that we have this public health crisis that's underpinning this. And so it's not even just a question right now about finding a job, but also the safety factor. And we do know that younger people, especially people at high school or college, might be taking some of these lower wage jobs that are on the front line in the service industry, for example, of the pandemic. I also think that it's just the sheer speed at which the economy changed is different. The U.S. unemployment for workers aged 16 to 24 tripled between 2019 and 2020. It hit 24.4%, so almost a quarter of that generation out of work this spring. Kaylin said that a last-hired-first-fired mentality in companies across the U.S. also plays a role in the crisis. So a lot of the people who lost their jobs were younger workers, and they're going to struggle to find another job. I also think that much like you and I graduating into the Great Recession, this is going to leave a mark on Generation Z in terms of their spending habits. What I think is really interesting is we know that they're more frugal, perhaps, than previous generations, and that they believe in the importance of having an emergency fund because they watched parents or older siblings, perhaps, lose jobs in the Great Recession, and they're watching them lose those jobs again. I think that this is going to really affect the way that they view the world at large. So we know that the effects that this could have for Gen Z are not unique to the U.S. The pandemic-related recession is affecting the entire world. But there is something that is very American about what Gen Zers here in the United States will have to face, and that is the high cost of college. So how does that complicate this issue? It does really complicate this issue because the U.S. is one of the few developed countries in the world that really lacks a lot of different social safety nets. And one of them is that higher education here is extremely expensive and that people take out massive student loans to be able to afford it. This is going to really affect that. Maybe the savings that you had for college is being used for a much more urgent need. And then if you're in college right now, that loan payment is still going to come due when you graduate. It's going to be really stressful and it's going to cause a lot of anxiety and a lot of uncertainty. We also know that there are serious disparities across socioeconomic lines and between communities of color and white communities when it comes to all of these issues and that unemployment for youth for Generation Z has been higher for people of color, for young Black people, young Latinos, and young Asian Americans than it has been for white people. And we're also concerned when we see that some of the people who maybe are going to be hit hardest by this and also have the hardest road to recovery are communities of color, because it's widening already existing disparities that were troubling before the pandemic, but are really deepening now. 
So we've been talking about the older Gen Zs, the ones graduating from college or high school. But this generation also includes people as young as eight years old. Yeah. So you recently wrote an article for aljazeera.com and you talked to a teacher in West Virginia about the disparities that the pandemic has made evident for this segment of the generation. What did she tell you? I spoke to Nicole McCormick, who is a music teacher in West Virginia, and she was talking about some of the challenges she's seen her students who are in elementary school face. One of them is that the opioid crisis hit West Virginia extremely hard, and a lot of her students are being raised by their grandparents. I know that if they don't have internet access, that there is an opportunity for them to come into the school and get extra help. We also see in West Virginia, there's an immense amount of poverty. There's an immense amount of income inequality to go with. And then there's also a huge digital divide. So a very large percentage of Nicole McCormick's students didn't have regular, reliable internet access when this pandemic hit, and they don't have it now. Couple that with the fact that they're being raised by grandparents who are maybe also still working themselves, who might not have that technical know-how just from their own life and experience. It's just something that is not considered a necessity. Even during this time, if you're choosing between your medication and your food and your internet and cable, internet and cable are way down the list somewhere. We know that some 4.4 million U.S. households with school-aged children did not have consistent access to a computer as of September, and 3.7 million did not have regular internet access, according to U.S. Census Bureau data. So let's break that down. What does that mean? Why is that important? Yeah, so, you know, a lot of schools transitioned to at least a hybrid system of e-learning, remote learning on computers, as well as in-person learning. Some school districts in the country where the pandemic has been really fierce have gone to full-on remote learning. But how do you learn remotely when you don't have a computer or internet access? So are there workarounds that school districts are coming up with when it comes to trying to bridge that digital divide? We know that a lot of school districts are helping distribute devices to students, train them to use them, set them up with devices that can be connected in various different ways. And then there are also ways that school districts are getting super creative. I spoke to a assistant superintendent in the South Bend, Indiana school district who turned his Wi-Fi and turned his school buses, those big yellow school buses into Wi-Fi hubs. And those Wi-Fi school buses can now pull up to an apartment complex parking lot, a park, a parking lot of a grocery store, and provide Wi-Fi not only to students, but to their families as well. Students can go there and download their homework, submit an assignment electronically, that it's really important that we are able to provide that, especially when some of the places that people used to access Wi-Fi, like libraries or cafes, are closed right now because of the coronavirus. It's amazing and so creative, but also sheds light on how internet is still a privilege in this country, even though it's so necessary. Yeah. So what have experts who study this told you about how Gen Z can recover from this recession? I think Generation Z's economic recovery is going to depend on a lot of the same factors that the economic recovery overall depends on. And that's on the strong fiscal policies and the public policies that governments enact to help struggling small businesses and families. Also, most members of Gen Z are still relatively young. So it could be that 
by the time they enter the workforce and they've graduated college and they're out there joining the economy, the worst of the financial setbacks, the worst of the career setbacks could be over. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that one thing that we're saying is that for the younger members of Generation Z, this could be a huge opportunity. They're coming of age in this new reality that the rest of us all had to scramble to um, adapt to. So younger Generation Z, children who are in elementary school, middle school, maybe early high school, are coming into this new world and learning as they go. And we know that obviously younger people learn very quickly. This generation was born after 1997. They don't know a world without the internet. Many of them are super tech savvy and super savvy about using online tools. And so this could be a huge opportunity for them. As much as coronavirus has been a huge disruptor, this generation may also be able to harness that disruption and create opportunities from it. We also know Generation Z is very creative. They're very passionate about the issues that matter to them. They're focused on social justice. They also, we know, are big savers that even if they are using Venmo to do so, they have, you know, sort of emergency fund. And so we could see that this generation is best able to adapt to this new reality and perhaps harness these opportunities in ways that older people aren't able to. Do you have any members of Gen Z in your family? How are they doing? I do have members of Generation Z in my family, and I can tell you that they're some of the most creative, passionate, enthusiastic, energetic problem solvers that I've ever met. One is an her freshman year of college at the University of Maine. She wants to be a nurse, and she's been able to adapt to this hybrid, remote, and in-person learning. I'm really impressed by the people I meet from Generation Z and how much they're able to sort of use these tools that they've grown up with, whether it's online or in person, to just really change the world. And I think that sort of spirit and that ingenuity is going to serve them really well in what could be a very difficult recession, but also could have a lot of opportunities in that economic recovery. And that's The Take. This episode was produced by Ney Alvarez with Nagin Oliay, Dina Kisbe, Oni Wohacha, Alexandra Locke, Priyanka Tilbe, Amy Walters, and me, Malika Bilal. Alex Roldan was the sound designer. Natalia Aldana is our engagement producer. Stacey Samuel is The Take's executive producer. And Graylin Brashear is Al Jazeera's head of audio. Follow us on social media. We are at AJ the Take on Twitter and Instagram. And for more, just go to aljazeera.com slash The Take. We'll be back. <laughs>